Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. The podcast that takes the weekend's rugby and makes a barely digestible smoothie with it. I am Lee Calvert, and joining me over there is... The kale in this particular smoothie. Beautiful. Uh, Josh Gardner, obviously. Uh, coming up in this episode, we've got Clubhouse Action. Obviously. Review of the weekend, shit, gov- shit good ratings as usual, but also a lovely little chat with Luke Upton author of the book Absolutely Huge, and one half of the Super Gavin Henson Twitter account, which if you don't follow already, get on and follow. You can get in touch with this podcast at bloodandmud.com. That's me, or there's Lee at bloodandmud.com. And what about you, Josh? Although people probably know this already, but just say it anyway. Uh, at Josh Gardner, at rugbyshirtwatch, rugbyshirtwatch.com. Don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Slash. <laughs> I'm a celebrity, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who listens and for all people who are new listeners, because I think the numbers are going up. I've lost track now. I don't know. But welcome along. Um, if, you, if there's anything we say you don't understand because it's like a joke from 18 months ago, then please do drop us a line. I'll try my best to explain it. Um, we are on, for those of you who are loyal and want to give us a bit of support, we are on Patreon. Uh, thank you very much to all of you who um, help us out with that and offer give their support. There was a bonus Q&A episode last week. Which was great was. fun. Actually. It was actually weirdly good fun. Uh, I enjoyed all of your most of your questions, I should say. Um, we found out a little bit more about Josh. I think it's fairly safe to say because yes. he doesn't like to tell people about his testicle operations, like I do. Not that you've no. had any, but I've, that's just an I've, example. I've, well, who's to say? Who's to say? We just won't know, do we? Don't know because exactly. you like exactly. you know you like a secret. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll reveal it someday. You're like Jason Bourne. That's me. Now then, we will start as we always start with a player spotted. Course. Alex Jones gets in touch. I'm assuming it's not the one off the one show. I wish it was. Hi, Hello. Lee and Josh. Yeah. 
Just listen to this week's podcast while driving from Newport to Gosport. Oh, that sounds awful. Which is as shit a journey as it sounds. And I remember the player spotted from a few years back. Well, Alex, <laughs> I've sort of done that. I drove from Cardiff to Gosport once because my father-in-law's family live down there. It is a bit rubbish. I don't remember much about it. Anyway, was with back to Alex's story. I was with some friends in Disneyland Paris a few years back. Came face to face. Oh, this isn't the first time we've had a Disneyland Paris story. Is, is it? it? I don't remember the other one. Unless you're just about to say the same one we had already, but crack on. I came face to face with Bucky's boater. Oh, we've not had that. Who was an absolute mountain of a man, yes. Yep. He was carrying a child on his shoulders, from what I can remember, and wondered how terrified I would have been if I was the child that high up in the atmosphere. <laughs> Imagine how terrified you'd have been if you accidentally bumped into Bucky's and caused the child some kind of moderate harm. Yeah. What Bucky's would have done to you as a result. Absolutely terrifying. So I've been to Disneyland Paris, and it gets busy. It does, yeah. Uh, I'll level with you. It's, it's not the best, isn't he? It's absolutely shit. It's... I came back after taking the kids there, and people said, like, did you have a good time? I was like, no, it was fucking awful. <laughs> and people like, looked at me like I was an evil man. It's like, because I'm a grown man. The kids thought it was all right. I thought it was utterly shit. See, no, I, I couldn't disagree more there. I'm fully in favor. I'm fully drinking the Kool-Aid of it is the happiest place on earth, but not the Paris one. The Paris one is fucking dreadful. It's full of grumpy French people. Well, yeah, mainly. And also, it just all feels a bit shit. And it's raining all the time. That's not why I want Don't forget, but... there was, we went on that Dumbo ride where you can make the things go up and down, you know, the elephants. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was, a, there was a woman, the woman, young woman, girl, operating it, who looked like a supermodel. And she had yes. Bulgari glasses on, sunglasses mm-hmm. on. And I remember thinking, why are you working here? You can afford to buy Bulgari glasses. Why are you here? But anyway... Maybe they pay them really well. I just remember getting into a, effectively a sort of Hunger Games style situation at the breakfast buffet every morning because it's sort of. I like stayed in the bit... Sequoia Lodge. Oh, fair play. I stayed in the. Uh, I don't know what you can't remember. Some other American thing, yeah. But basically, they, they have a breakfast buffet scenario there where you have an allotted time that you're allowed to go for breakfast, which in itself I feels prescriptive. Yeah. But then once you get there, you're not guaranteed a table. Oh, no. It's full-on survival of the fittest shit. And that's not the best way to start a Disney day. In I, sh- I remember shoving about 15 bread rolls into a backpack with some Nutella. So we can <laughs> oh, have, you're one of those. Yeah. Rather than paying the 47 <laughs> quid for a bag of crisps, whatever it was inside there. Anyway, uh, yes. Alex continues. At almost the same time as I saw Bucky's Botha, one of us got ran into by another child in a push chair being driven by Ronan O'Gara. Strange coincidence. I mm. think they were playing for different top 14 teams at the time. Neither of them appeared and neither of them appeared to make eye contact with each other though. Yeah, they don't like each other very much. Or maybe it was just this sort of thing where you know they don't want to make a a thing, you know, a mutual. Or maybe they were just trying to fucking get through Disneyland Paris as well. Maybe, maybe that too. Maybe there was a sort of an, a, a knowing sort of nod of understanding, and that was that. This is not a player spotted, but I love this. John Hughes. Now, John, I don't know. That jo- is he's that John Hughes? I don't think so. Well, if it is, I'd be very surprised given what From he spotted. The grave. What he spotted. Yeah. John, I don't know why you felt the need to send this to us, but I'm very, very glad that you did because it made me laugh quite a bit. He says, I've got a great story from Wales versus Scotland at Cardiff. Mm -hmm. My brother spotted a kilted Scotland supporter taking a piss in the sink as the urinals were all taken. 
That's and it. once he's finished, he washed his hands meticulously in the same sink <laughs> before <laughs> leaving the toilets. Look, urine is sterile, as weird people continually say. Yes. Well, whatever. Anyway, not according to the infection control people I deal with. <laughs> um, anyway, so remember we've done the player hobbies the past couple of weeks. We've done Lego. We've done... Oh, yes. Dan Carter likes to dress as Superman and all that. Yeah, that's weird. I asked people that's to give player hobbies updates. Sean, yes. Kerwin, Sean Kerwin got in touch and writes in and he says, Key and Healy makes knives. That's a bit dark. Bracket, as if he's not dangerous enough. Close bracket. Yeah. How do you make and... a knife? I mean, I know it's quite obvious, metal and wood, but I mean, that level of sort of crafting is, I mean, that's elite level stuff, isn't it? That's not crocheting, that's like serious shit. Yeah. He gave, he, he gives them to opponents, which in itself is quite threatening. <laughs> and, and draws his finger across his throat as he does it. <laughs> he gave one to uh, Nemanja Nazolo. No, he's, the, a lovely, after... he's a lovely fellow, Namani, as well. He, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he wouldn't know what to do with that, really. Yeah. Or he would, because he's, you know... I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't... It, it's, I'm sure it's incredibly well made. But to, and it just looks like he's made a kitchen knife. Well, what else would it look like? I mean, don't, don't get me... Well, <laughs> I'm, know, not, thought, I'm not trying to be, thought, you know, awkward, but thought, what else? I thought it would be like ornate and it would have like a cool blade and stuff. And to be honest with you, that just looks like the thing that I've got in my kitchen with a slightly fancier handle. Well. I mean, don't get me wrong. Isn't that just typical of us? We're sat here judging this man's (laughs) knife made. I mean, never even attempted to do it. I mean, he's already a hundred times the knife maker that I will ever be. So I can't knock him there. But, you know, he's he's learning. He says, to be fair, he says on the free... He's still learning how to make knives. So you probably start with a kitchen knife and then move into a sort of weird kukri type thing. Yes. You know. As has been established, we may take the piss out of everybody, but we're fully aware that if we ever had to play touch against any of them, we'd get murdered. Yeah. Equally. It's all relative. Do you know what I mean? If I had to get into a knife making competition with Kean Healy, I mean, he'd beat me like a, you know, a naughty stepchild. Shall we decide who we're going to sit next to down the clubhouse before we continue really this, this jamboree of shite? Um, yes. I'll go first, then. All right. You have choice. Number one, mm-hmm. you can sit next to Fulcrum Chambers. <laughs> I like him already. Yeah. He's an accountant who plays second row for Jonestown Massacre RFC. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's still, he still plays the Second Life online game. Okay, wow. In which he's also an accountant, okay. but he wears a Viking helmet for the ladies like. Oh, fair play, of course, yeah. So Probably. that's your first choice, Fulcrum Chambers. Yeah. Into him, yeah. Second choice, Curve Slightly. Right. He's a Canadian centre for Marsh Malonians, RFC. Mm-hmm. He ends every sentence or statement with, and you can take that to the bank, eh? Oh, No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Not even going to get worked if a man just no. Yeah. No. Just not. For so me. I'm guessing it's Fulcrum Chambers with his Second Life Viking helmet. Yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued to meet some, you know, maybe he'll get me into Second Life. That'd be it's, weird. I mean, I, I, as I was trying to think of what Fulcrum Chambers would do, I remembered Second Life. I thought, is it still a thing? <laughs> is it still. Do you remember that story in the news in Second Life where that couple met in Second Life and got mm-hmm. married? Mm. And then he was having an affair with somebody in Second Life, so she wanted a divorce. 
What and the judge said, house. no, I'm not granting you divorce based on this or something. It was very, very odd. Anyway, what are my two clubhouse selections, Josh? Uh, your two clubhouse selections. Sorry, I was just Googling to see if Second Life was still going. I think it um, is, you know. Even with the same shit graphics and everything. Wow. Um, your first uh, contender for the clubhouse this week is Senor Ocelot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm into it. Go on. He's a, a smooth and savvy midfield operator. Uh, Senor Ocelot is an asset to the team provided that you can find him uh, because he spends every November to March every year at what he calls his Spanish retreat. Uh, it's actually a one-bedroom shag pad in Torremolinos. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have a job that anybody's aware of, but uh, it's believed that he makes his money going around pubs selling bootleg fags that he's bought back from Spain uh, in specially configured suitcases. Right. So that's Senior Ocelot. I like it. Uh, Go on. Uh, and your second option is the elephant stand. Um <laughs> Now, some, some people, you know, you can have it just for thinking of that name. You can have it. I'm very pleased um, <laughs> Some people say that before he started his long career in the front row of uh, Backward Christian Soldiers RFC, uh, Stan was a handsome man with a normal physical fe- face and features. Uh, but nearly two decades at the cold face has changed that, of course. And uh, with a face that looks like a bag of smashed up potatoes, he's a bit more John Merrick than John Travolta. Yeah. I'm going to go for Senor Ocelot. Of course you would, yeah. He can sell I you mean, some bootleg fags as well, yeah. I don't smoke, but I just want to sit next to him anyway. Sell, you can sell them on. I want to it's find fine. out what goes on in that shag pad. Well, yeah. Right then, the Autumn Internationals had finished, Josh. Uh-huh. We found ourselves back in the midst of domestic rugby. Yes. Shall we have a chat about, you know, what we picked yes. up from the weekend, it's things that have, some, have tickled our some, fancy and actual. caught our attention? Go. There's been some actual news, hasn't there? Which oh, I forgot about the news. Yeah, let's do for, that then. For... Let's do the news, Josh. Go on. Well, it's a bit rare for a, a sort of this absolutely pointless week in between Europe and the end of the Autumn Internationals. Apart but, from Sam um... Burgess going, I'll tell you, he's a cunt. <laughs> that was funny. But not Enjoyed. just right now. You'll have to wait. Enjoyed that, yeah. <laughs> Waiting for you. are going to have to buy my fucking book for that. Um, Brad Moore uh, is your new Scarlet's coach. See, I more read it in a comedy farmer accent. More. 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 Yeah. How do you like it? How do you like it? <laughs> uh, if that's yes. not a terrorist chant within about three weeks of him turn. Then I'll be judging the people of Clethley even more than I Absolutely. do already. Um, yeah, I mean, the Crusaders play bloody good rugby, so seems like an interesting appointment. Um, yeah, sure. A, a rare, non-insane... Yeah. Coaching hire for a Welsh region. I'm into it. Um, and also, the uh, Sands are thinking about ditching the Sunwolves. Oh. <sighs> that should be a shame. But then they've won six games in three years. So. Yeah. So who are they just ditching it completely or is the talk of they're replacing going, it? They're going back to 14 teams so that they can do a. a I mean, let's be honest, anything to avoid giving a Pacific Island team a but, go, isn't it? I mean, you know, that's, why would you want to do that? Would you want to do that? Yeah, invest some money in the probably greatest rugby talent hotbed in the entire world. No, because then they might play for Fiji or Samoa or Tonga instead of going to play for New Zealand. And I'm, sorry, I'm, and I'm sorry to I'm ignorant on this because I don't <laughs> tend to look at this stuff very often. But yeah, I do kind of, from a logistics point of view, I do forget how far apart the Pacific Islands are. Mm. Fiji's quite a yomp, isn't it? From oh, yeah. from everywhere else. For oh, yeah. And I'm sorry to be that guy, but I'd never really. I know generally where it is, but I hadn't really paid much attention. Yeah, when, like when I went to Chicago and I went, "Fuck me, America's big," because I've never been before. <laughs> I was like stood at the edge of Lake Michigan, going, "This is a fucking lake. It's absolutely massive." I thought the fucking Bala was big, but look at this it's, sort of thing. This is a lake in 
in our country, we'd call this the sea. <laughs> in our country, we call this the English Channel, except it's smaller. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that that is the news. That's the news. Yeah. Well done on the news because I'd completely forgotten about it. Um, right. Let's talk about what we've learned from the weekend now. Then, yes. Type, type um, five, whatever we're calling it now, just stuff from the weekend. Yeah. Okay. What I've learned mm. number one. Yeah. Uh, that refs have predictably remembered the rules again <laughs> after a month off. Um, I'm not. I still can't. I still can't quite get behind the conspiracy theory, but it is very, very, very odd, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. Look, there is still a huge problem with consistency with refs, regardless. Apart from when it's um, international rugby, where they consistently ignore everything. It, well, yeah, but like that Glasgow red card, hundred percent would not have been anything last week. No, that would barely have been a penalty. Um. And I'm not criticising the decision because I think it was just no. Well, well, we're kind of back on track with what we understand decisions to. Yeah, we thought like, decisions would be now. Whether yeah, we agree, like, we agree with the rules. I'm not doing that again. No, you know. But the Eastman red card against Bristol as well. Like, mm. I'm not sure that would have Wayne Barnes would have given that as a red if it had happened in a game he was refereeing the week before either. And it's just it was obvious it was always going to happen. The second the glare of Test rugby goes away, the ref stop. It's funny, isn't it? It's really funny that this has happened. Well, as I said to you, I said right on cue. This has yeah. happened. Yeah, and, it's... and everyone accuses the tinfoil. To be honest, we're just kind of having a bit of a laugh with it. We don't really think there's a tinfoil yeah. thing going on. And yet, and it's yet, weird. it's somebody come up with a better explanation. Then it's, like it's the same fucking like, refs. Accidentally uncovers like the fuck that you know the grassy knoll shooter or something while taking the piss out of it. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, speaking of Kyle Eastmond. Mm. Um, one thing I've done this weekend is that Leicester Tiger fans are suddenly wondering why it's got so very cold. <laughs> Did you feel that? Why is it? Why has it got so cold? Well, yeah, I mean, in in similar vein, like, what well, fucking hell? They they were not good, were they? Let's God, they were so bad. Like even before, like with fifteen men, that still probably ends in a 15, 20 point Bristol win, just not quite as bad a humping as it ended up being. I just, yeah, because actually we've had this conversation many times about how the 14-man thing Well, look at Glasgow. Isn't quite as bad, is it? Yeah. Glasgow demonstrated that if you play the game in a sensible way and your opponents are a bit of a fucking shambles, then you can quite easily defend with 14 men and win a game quite handily, apparently. Um, But yeah, it was just not good. And to be honest with you, for, from in defence of Leicester, which you will not hear me say very often. Well, they weren't doing much defence, were they? But yeah, it's well, a... certainly. Well, and, but also, it's like of all the teams you could be playing with fourteen men for forty minutes, uh, Bristol are kind one of the worst because they're basically, for better or worse, they're playing Super Rugby in the Premiership. Yeah, they're kind of balling, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, like. It hasn't. It demonstrably hasn't always panned out for them this season, but they are very, very fun and very entertaining to watch. Um, and they ran seven hundred and ninety-two meters against Leicester, which uh, is a record, and two and two hundred meters more than Gloucester, who were the next biggest meter makers in the Premiership this weekend. Like, and yet, strangely, Leicester had more ball and more territory. Yes, yeah, and Bristol were just like, okay, give it to us, and now we'll run a very long way, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while you flail about like the fucking idiots that you are. Yeah, <laughs> what about Jordan but... Murphy just came out and went, yeah, I don't know, it was just shit, wasn't it? <laughs> what, what <else> <laughs> I, I kind of respected him for that. 
Yeah, but it's it's uh, it, honestly like I, I've I've got a bit of an attachment to Bristol, I know, but like they are a bit of a fresh air, a breath of fresh air, rather the way that like playing in England, the way that they play, like Wasps play nice rugby, Gloucester are, are very recently playing nice rugby, but there's not a lot of other teams that are particularly fucking. Good, you know, appointment. No, it's to not. Watch. You know, yeah, it's set your alarm to watch. Job is it? No, no. But um, look at look at Sale versus Bath for oh. God's sake. A game where a draw was an unfair result because both teams deserve to lose somehow. As I said, what I've picked up from the week is that even electricity electricity didn't want to see that game. <laughs> even electricity went oh, fucking hell, I'm out of here. Honestly, like a guy I work with who's probably been to about half a dozen games of rugby in his life uh, got given tickets to that on the weekend and <laughs> I, I just I was like I'm really not, sorry yeah, I've given it I'm a go really and it's sorry. not for me yeah no <laughs> Toby Baker got in touch and he said the bath game was so bad that when Austin Healy's mic died due to a power cut I actually missed him well I mean <laughs> that is the level of entertainment that we're talking about isn't it really I mean I think just... I said to borrow a a line from Gunnery Sergeant Hartman that uh, these two play rugby like old people fuck, is what I said. It's exactly that, isn't it? I mean, the thing that pissed me off about it was literally the end of that game, the pundits are falling over themselves to make excuses for bad conditions. Like, bad conditions don't make you that bad. No, no, they don't. Like, (laughs) it was raining. It happened. I'm not sure sure what makes you that bad. Like, a full (laughs) frontal lobotomy. Or like wearing concrete shoes, maybe. I don't like. They were appallingly shit. What was really weird as well is that there's obviously changing subjects. Reminded me of the coverage of the games. Um, there's quite clearly on BT Sport been a sort of this is a line we're taking on this private equity takeover line coming through. Because mm. in the opening of whatever game was on on Saturday, I can't remember now, and. Um, Craig Doyle said to Ben Kay, so Ben, what about this deal then? Oh, it's a brilliant thing. As long as it goes into reinvestment rather than player wages. And that's obviously the line. Yeah. It's a brilliant thing as long as those money-grabbing shitbags don't try and get more money. Yeah, those money-grabbing shitbags who are putting their bodies on the line. Yeah, as long as it goes into the deserving pockets of the owners. What Um, I don't understand is, I I understand why CVC are doing it, but when you look at, they basically come in and, strip and make money and then leave mm-hmm. given that there's no sustainable model for rugby now the rfu's news this week has been that they've lost money well that's as well. the thing yeah the RFU and i know some the... of that was the overspend on the on the stand but they still lost 30 million quid last year in a yeah. year where they made a load of people redundant and if it was just a one-off cost they're making shitloads of structure and they're making shitloads of structural changes to redundancies which doesn't suggest it's a one-off capital problem yeah, because you can and, just recoup that over time. But that's before you think about a, t- a club like fucking Wasps, who are fifty million quid way down in debt. <laughs> fifty million quid. Does it? Everyone bar Exeter. If the owners ask for the money back, then it'd be all over. Now, to be honest, that's not that unusual in sport. No, no, it's not. Like but, that's the thing. If, yeah. If 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 Exeter's money men ask for their cash back, if Wasps' money men ask for their cash back, then both of those clubs will cease to exist by tomorrow. But. You know, it's unlikely to happen. But they that's you know, that's basically why this thing is coming in. They get in two hundred and forty million quid for what, twenty five percent of the business is how it's gonna be. Mm. And what do private equity do? They make money. Now I, mean, yeah. I suppose you could say, well everybody makes money, but I'm not so sure. Well, the premiership doesn't make money at the moment. 
the Premiership loses money hand over fist. And so I feel fail to see how, you know, they're going to get, all the Premiership clubs are going to get 20 million quid, which might just clear their debts for a couple of years. And then what? It's... Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. This is not... It's probably an episode. Maybe it's a patron in itself to do a bit of it research. It is. But uh, anyway, yes. But, um, yeah, it, what tickled me was that quite obviously... BT Sport, I think, is so in bed with the whole Premiership massively thing. So, massively. Well, one, I'm not sure it's that fair to have pundits for two minutes before a game saying, "What do you think about this very complicated financial instruments type thing?" <laughs> it's a bit much, isn't you it? You know, like, Ben Kay's I, like, um, like, um, like, I know, I know a lot of fucking former professional English rugby players end up in the city, but that doesn't make them fucking experts <laughs> on this shit. But yeah, oh. but it's it is, and this is the thing that kind of annoys me sometimes because we get and I get accused of being very negative because I like to take the piss out of things and it's easy to do when you're being negative quite frankly um, yeah and there's a lot to be negative about <laughs> there is but um, I've forgotten the point I was going to make so let's move on okay yeah let's do that what else have um, we got from the weekend um, I learned that this might both be the most uncompetitive and yet also the most competitive premiership season in years yeah it's madness because- isn't it yeah, we're not even at Christmas, and okay, Exeter lost this weekend, but there's a 12-point gap between second and third, and it's December. Uh, but then there's a nine-point gap between fourth and twelfth. Yeah, was it? Didn't Sale start the game the day bottom, and if they got a bonus yes. point, when they'd be in fourth? Yes. Well, Bristol started second from bottom, ended Saturday in fifth or sixth, and then we're down to. Uh, seventh by the end of Sunday. And Exeter have lost now, of course. Yes, Exeter What was funny about lost. that was, Ooh, well, maybe if Saracens will wobble now, coming off the back of, of, of rugby. No. No, 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 they won't. No, 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 they will not. And that's the thing. Like, Bath, despite doing everything that they did on, on Sunday to make me hate rugby, <laughs> are one win off the playoffs. Yeah, it's, I'm, give, I'm not even going to try and predict anything now, other than the fact that somebody who isn't Bristol is probably going to go down. Well, anyone outside the top four looks like they could, with the wrong series of results slash injuries, get relegated now. Yeah, I mean, seriously, though. I mean, I don't like to dwell on misery. Well, I do, really, because I support Lee and Oldham Athletic and many other <laughs> things, and Cleveland Browns and the like. But um, how funny would it be if Leicester went down? Sorry, Leicester fans out it there. It would be Fucking hit. Well, but, you know, it's interesting because, like, all of a sudden, it'd be like Munster getting relegated. I know it's not possible, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but like Pat Lamb said after Bristol's win on Saturday, that like now he's seen firsthand how relegation is massively hampering development of English players because it's genuinely hard for them to give young players any game time because the pressure is so much that people expect them to bring in experienced players, often non-English players, because you cannot afford anyone making a mistake. Because and players have to learn through fucking up, and they can't. And you contrast that with the way that Leinster have allowed their, you know, second 23 or whatever, you know, two weeks to basically beat the shit out of some disinterested Welsh people. And, like, that, that doesn't happen in the Premiership. That can't happen, you know. If if that was Saracens, they couldn't take the risk of sending a full second string team against you know away to Bristol. They'd have to play their first, and they'd have to, and they couldn't play like academy kids. And it's really interesting. I think. I think I I I sort of agree, but I don't. In that, I think that the 
the top three, not in a normal season, this is not shaping up to be a normal season. In a normal no. season, the top three can't do that that you just talked about because they've got to keep yeah. getting points to make sure they finish top, etc. They probably can this year. And the yeah. bottom three can't do it either because they're usually fighting mm. out for the relegation. Then there's the, the people in the middle usually are really under no coast, threat by the time coast, you get to January. Yeah, it's a total yeah, yeah. waste of everybody. It's not a waste of time, but the season is, is there's nothing in it for them anymore apart from yeah. maybe a row over Challenge Cup places. But um, whereas, whereas there's a lot in it for I think Pat Lamb's come season. into this season and because he's Bristol, he was always going to be, I can't <laughs> develop people because there's too much pressure. Mm. However, if you are in an ordinary season, if you are the likes of, I don't know, Northampton, or, yeah, yeah, or Bath, something like that, or, or whoever, Bath, yeah. or Gloucester, you maybe, you're not really going to be scrapping. You'll know by January that you ain't going to no. be scrapping. You know. No, and that's what's interesting. Owen Slot, just before we came on this evening in the Times, has had an exclusive that apparently the Premiership clubs are having urgent talks about ring-fencing the Premiership. Possibly as a 13-team league by adding London Irish, or perhaps, and this is the bit that really made me laugh, doing it as soon as the end of this season. Because all of a sudden, clubs like Bath and Leicester yes. and Saints and Sale are shitting themselves. I mean, there's that great quote from in football from Berlusconi when he watched Napoli play against Milan or something in the mm. in, in a knockout stage in the old European Cup and went, "This is ridiculous. This makes no <laughs> economic or sense that these one of these could go out in round two. <laughs> so therefore, we need to basically create the Champions League so that we can guarantee they they lose a game. It doesn't matter; they'll still go through. All the jeopardy gets taken out of it, and that's yeah. because and that's a the. There are this mirrors that a bit, I think. Massively, and yeah. The shades I mean, of that here, just... where basically go, hang on, Bath can't go down. Yeah. Although Northampton did go down, didn't they? Northampton went down, but I think it's a very different kettle. Like Northampton is one thing, but I think the notion that Leicester could go down or Bath could go down, that yeah. would, I don't know, the Titans, yeah, particularly with who's in charge of Bath. You know, it's like... As in the owner. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of money flying around there that the Premiership can't really afford to piss off. It's and that Bond villain you, thing, and it'll just go, we're not being relegated, otherwise yeah. I engage the doomsday device. <laughs> yes, exactly. Make I your choice. Block, we will, stay I up, will, or... I will blot out the sun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I will I'm return in... you to the stone age, James, sort of thing. <laughs> Or even, you know, Steve Lansdowne's a very rich man used to getting his own way. You know, these are all very rich men used to getting their own way and they're increasingly saying, hang on, how the fuck is this a thing that we're allowing to happen? So, yeah, I mean, a 13-team premiership seems utterly stupid because that's an odd number. Hmm. Um, and so they will have to start having off weekends where a team just has a bye week. Which annoys me, but whatever. Well, they might not even come, but yeah, but the yeah, it's a constant, it's a perennial argument, isn't it? It's a, rugby league's exactly the same. How can yeah. you, especially if you're a, in a sport where the margins are a problem, or literally they're a negative problem at the minute? Mm. How can you build a business plan over five years if you can't yeah. guarantee you're staying up, well, or who you're playing against either? I think that's particularly the case with rugby. Rugby is not fucking overwhelmed with fucking cash at the moment, and. It's a case of do we really want to expose the teams that do have money and the ability to exist to unnecessary and potentially ruinous financial peril? Like, okay, everybody agrees that relegation's exciting, but 
do we want to rugby to still exist or do we want relegation? Because that's certainly the terms that clubs like fucking Leicester and Bath and Bristol and mm. all these are considering it in now. And it's really interesting and I'm really intrigued to see how it goes down because particularly, you know, there's a certain section of Premiership fans and English fans that have spent an awful lot of, you know, mental energy talking about how other leagues are shit because there's no relegation in it mm. and how they will react to that. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, sorry, we're on a bit of a, a diversion there or Tangent. because Ben Kay was put, had an awkward question put to him. But interesting conversation. Yeah. What else did we pick up from the weekend? Uh, I picked up this whole Franco Mostart thing with between uh, Gloucester, the Lions, and the SARU hmm. is getting very silly now. I've not. I'll be honest. I've not. I'm, I'm not. You know, fully embedded with this, so I don't really know what the score is. Well, basically, his his contract with the Lions was up at the end of the Super Rugby season. Yes, and he signed for Gloucester. Yeah. However, so that's why I thought it was quite simple. This is why I'm yeah, a bit confused. Gloucester announced his signing before the end of his Lions contract, and this vexed the SARU and the Lions, who basically said, "Well, oh, if you've announced his signing before he's even, uh, before he's even hmm. his contract is even up, then that's obviously been tapped up, so you owe us some money." Right. And, um. And the world rugby has basically gone. No, this is fine. Um, after a long, and he's finally he was finally made his debut off the bench for Gloucester on Saturday. But the Lions and the SRU are still trying to get some sort of competition. They're still threatening to go back to world rugby or go to court again. And it's just like, I get it from a South African point of view. Another player going north with no compensation is very frustrating. But it's like he was out of contract. Yeah. He's allowed to like make his decision in advance. And it's say, like somebody will pay. Yeah. Somebody will write a check at some point, and all this will go away. Well, it's, it's just agreeing what the, the value of the check is. Yeah, it's the Denny Solomon fucking thing. All yeah, it's like a pound shop Solomon. Yeah, just so bored of it. Just stop it. Um, yeah. So what else did we pick up from the weekend? The Barbarians are still ace. Yes. However, uh, no Barbarians game should be ended by a very composed drop goal from the world's flakiest. Fly off. I want madness. <laughs> God damn it. Very, that's a, yeah, you're right yeah. there, Josh. I'd forgotten about that. So actually, yeah. scratch what I just said, they're now a disgrace because yes. they're a traitor I, to themselves and if, everything they stand must, for. If it must be a drop goal, which it shouldn't be, then I want it to have doinked off at least both posts and the, the upright. Yeah, or it should have yeah. been shanked so badly it bounced off the corner flag or something. And then over. Yeah. And then there should have been a massive pile on him while he poured beer on his head or something. That's yeah. the way it should yeah. have. That's how I prefer it. But all the sing songing and did you see? Did you see I how much? I did enjoy Lucy. lost his shit. He was pumped up. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because he still looks like a thirteen-year-old boy. Yes, and it's weird to see a thirteen-year-old like a giant redwood with a toddler's massive. face balanced on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's and a stick-on beard's fooling nobody. It's very strange, isn't it? Uh. But yeah, well, a fantastic batshit game. Argentina, though, man, and I know it's a fucking daft game. I'm sure they're all so tired they don't know what to do themselves, but... Yeah, it's just sad, isn't it, really? It's like... Imagine they've beaten England this year, Barbarians, so let's not, you know, let's yeah, not write true, them off. True, true. But, yeah, I just... I look at Argentina and I just think, this is not... You've got to do a lot of work to do... If you want to do your standard World Cup recovery... 
and look very good and everybody suddenly thinks what a credit to the game you are again. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of work to do in a year. Mm. A lot of work. On yeah, I, I said I think a couple of weeks ago. You just did. You just they're not any fun anymore because they're too frustrating. They're so disappointed yeah. and frustrated that I can't really enjoy the stuff they do well anymore because it's just too annoying. That you know they're going to drop the ball, or you know something stupid is going to happen, or a bad decision is going to get made, <laughs> or they're going to take Sanchez off for, for reasons nobody can understand just because it's like sixty-two minutes in. Yeah, well, he's the kind of heartbeat of what they do, really. Well, yeah, the world, you know, what little cohesion they had completely went to shit without him, which, again, we, we've spoken about this, but we haven't spoken about how enough how weird that is. Yeah. That Sanchez is the absolute fucking rock-solid voice of sanity and reason in that team all of a sudden when... Yes. Yeah. And, and, just, still nobody, and still nobody goes on his shoulder when he goes on a run. No. It's like, have you said like, fucking... Muchachos, seriously, how many times <laughs> am I do I have to do this for you get it? He is just he's it's it's one of those things where it's like his brain is working too fast for his teammates, isn't it? Except his brain isn't even working that fast. It's just nobody's that bothered. Anything from the Pro fourteen this weekend? <sighs> it was a pretty fucking standard weekend in the Pro fourteen, wasn't it? With the exception of well, everything that I expected to happen sort of happened, really. Which is kind of... It's what you expect from those sort of... I don't know what you'd call them, really. It's like a standard Pro 14 sort of pre-Europe week. You know how it is when there's a lot of players have rested from the Autumn Internationals and a lot of players are being rested for Europe the following week. And hmm. it just... The Pro 14 did not excite me this weekend. I'll cracking result for Glasgow. Cracking result for Glasgow. 14 they did men. fantastically well with 14 men. The Scarlets were shit. On point. Um, Are the Scarlets kind of going a bit that classic? They've been named, he's been named as Welsh coach and, oh, look, there's a problem now sort of thing. Well, it's, it's almost that, like think, he's going, he's already gone and they've kind of switched off a little bit. They're yeah. still... There's still time still out for me on that, but yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. There's still time for them to come, you know, to get their shit together, but I feel like there's certainly been a little bit of a drift over the last, particularly the last month or so. Like, maybe the the fact that they've announced the new coach now will sort of give them a bit of a zhuzh up. But um, yeah, it wasn't a very brilliant week for Cardiff played well against Ulster, to be fair. Um, Munster played very well. Uh yeah, I mean, the Cheaters and Southern Kings nearly grabbed some wins at home. They nearly did, yeah. But you think, I mean, yeah, I mean to be honest, they should be. I mean, they to, didn't, yeah. They did. <laughs> Cheaters should be beating Connors at home, shouldn't they? Oh, God, yeah. You know what um, I mean? But what's alarming to me about this whole fucking crazy Pro 14 experiment is that the South African teams are supposed to be better this year, and they, they are quite demonstrably not. I mean, with love and respect to Treviso... They should not be beating a South African team away from home, you know. No, it's it's just weird, isn't it? Zebra definitely weren't beating a Welsh team away from home this weekend, were they? Okay, <laughs> oh, now. Uh, saying that, it was one of the least enjoyable forty-three nil wins I've ever been party to. To be honest, it was just it was God. It was fucking horrible. It was bad. <laughs> 
Like the is, it, is this just because you still don't know how to deal with sort of borderline competence and comfortable winning after the Wales autumn? No, they were just shit. It was really bad. It was like pulling teeth for huge swathes of that game. Like there was just basic errors, terrible. If zebra weren't zebra, and hopeless, the Ospreys could have really struggled in that game. But in the end, they just had enough ball and enough times that they managed to not fuck it up five times or whatever it was. But yeah, it was bad. Not as bad as the Dragons. Well, that's a standard report, isn't it? Like, What's Ebola yeah. like? Well, it's not as bad as the Dragons. But look, look, the Ospreys got fucking battered last week by a second-string Leinster team in Dublin. Fair enough. But we were missing about 50% of our squad last week. The Dragons, that was almost a full Almost the first team, team against, at home. against the Leinster crash. Yeah, nine internationals in that starting 15 with Corey Hill, Elliot D, Leon Brown and Ross Moriarty up coming off the bench. And they conceded nine tries. 59-10. I, d- I don't, I genuinely, I don't know what the WRU's master plan is here. But <laughs> it's not going fucking well, is it? No. If this, like, I, I mean, I, I know it's, it's incredible, but just changing the name hasn't worked. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's like... The WIU, you know, within three or four years, will probably own at least three of the four regions, if not all of them. If this is how it's going to go, we're going to have serious fucking problems. Because the WIU has spent a lot of money. And but if you look at lot... that Dragon's team piece by piece, leave it away, whoever's paying for it, right? If you look at that mm. Dragon's team piece by piece, there's no way they should be losing by 49 points. No, to a to third anyone. string Leinster, to anyone, to anyone at home. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, you know, we can discuss the funding model, but if you just forget that for a minute. There's a squad of players there, and a coach. Yeah. Who and wasn't allowed there's the no fucking, game. fucking excuse for playing yeah. that abysmally. Yeah. Credit to Leinster. Credit to Leinster. But there's just Absolutely. no excuse for it at all. But it was incredibly easy for them. Like if they, you know, Leo Cullen was probably has probably been quite annoyed over the last two weeks because. He wanted to give his fucking fringe players a test of proper rugby. <laughs> and they've come away from it going, God, this top flight rugby's fucking easy, isn't it? And I mean, they're number eight yeah. called Doris, for God's sake, and they still yeah. managed to win. Yeah. But, you know, you look at that fucking Dragons team and you look at the players that are in it and you just think, how? Like, But it, it, it's <laughs> also particularly... Worrying when you think about how Tyler Morgan played in the Wales shirt. You think about how Wainwright played in the Wales shirt. Fuck yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no. It, this isn't a kind of they're all on horrendous form. Moriarty's no. playing okay. Okay, he came off the bench. You know, Jordan Williams is a handy player. Yeah. Jason Tovey's back, who, you know, as much as we love him, he's in and out, but talented. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you look, you know, Harrison Keddie's played well, you know, for Wales under 20s. Ollie Griffiths is, you know, some people are saying mm. he's the best seven mm. in Wales. Ryan Bevington's a good player. Richard, Richard Hibbard, solid, yeah. Solid, you know, Ryan Landman's been a good player. Roger Williams has played for Wales. As you say, Tyler Morgan was excellent for Wales. Hallam Amos has been excellent for Wales. And you just think, fuck me. This I don't team care how talented Leinster's fucking crashes. Nearly got 60 hung on them by a team with, you know, with Dave Carney in it. <laughs> the baffled puffin returns. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they were, you know, Burn Gibson Parker regular sort of standard, you know, yeah. first teamers, aren't they? And there's Scott Far, Scott, Scott Fardy's, Fardy's class. obviously class. You know, 
Ed Byrne, James Tracy, and Michael Bent are all good players. Mm. Um, yeah, but, but you, you sprinkle but that compared to what you're looking at the other side, and especially when you think, well, what were they like a couple of weeks ago in a different shirt? It's just there's something rotten in there. Yeah, and I don't believe it. It can't. It's not the funding model's fault. The, I think no, WIU will be quite within their rights to stand there and go, "We've give you some money. Look at who you've signed. Look well, at who you're fielding." This is the thing, and it's like this is how you spent the money. And nobody thought it was particularly bad no, at the it's... time. I you know this is a Dragons team that won last week. They beat Edinburgh at home. I mean, it was not pretty, but they won. And yeah, you know they've only just, but yeah, you know, in the last in their last four games, they've conceded the best part of 150 points, <laughs> which and one of those games was a win. <laughs> and yeah, I just I Anything don't know. What, I, I genuinely don't know what the solution is. Um, no, I think. I've well, it has to be a new coach. I mean, I know there's the kind of you know <sighs> their coach wasn't even allowed in the ground. He's been banned for two games, and one of them they won. And I know that rugby's a bit like normal. We don't change plan, and people are either good coach or they're not. But I don't know. It's it it. it I think can't we're just heading towards being this bad. I think we're heading towards not. <laughs> yes. Pre fucking rapido. Right then, mm. that's probably it from the weekend. Before mm. we go into the shit good ratings, we're going to have a lovely little chat with our guest, Mr. Luke Upton. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, need to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Have you got a one-for-all gift card that you've yet to spend? Treat yourself at any of the 11,000 one-for-all retail partners nationwide before December 31st and you could win €10,000 in cash. When you spend your gift card, simply visit oneforall.ie forward slash win and you'll be in with a chance of winning. Terms and conditions apply. One for All. Proud to support Irish businesses. The One for All gift card is issued by GVS Prepaid Europe Limited. GVS Prepaid Europe Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hello, Luke. Welcome to the Blood and Blood dot pom dot dot pom. Dot pom. The, the Blood that's and Blood pom what pom pom. In Australia, yeah. Pom pom. pom. <laughs> anyway, Hello, welcome, Luke. Hello. Thank you for uh, thanks for having me on. Long time, uh, long time listener, first time contributor. Oh well, well, thanks very much for listening. It's very nice for for you to do that. So we've got you on to talk about a couple of things, really. Uh, one is now I didn't know until you told me that you're one half of the Super Gavin Henson Twitter account. That is that is correct. With its yes. forty two thousand followers or something like that. That is that is right. I'm the I'm the public half of the of the team behind uh, what is now called not Super Gav Henson for uh, <laughs> for uh, for shall I say uh, legal reasons of a gentle nature. Oh, has, have you been? Have, other, have you, go on, Josh. Is the other secret half of not Super Gavin Henson just actually Gavin Henson? People have asked that actually <laughs> before, um, but no, I can confirm it's uh, it's someone in the someone in sports, but not a player. So right. I'll have to I'll have to leave it at that. I'm afraid, but no, not a, it's not Gavin Henson. I can. So have you had you joke then about um, 
gentle legal stuff. But have, have you had a bit? Have you had some contact saying, "Look, you need to make it very clear that it's not him." Yeah, I mean, we um, we've we've always made a point of that. Uh, I mean, shockingly, we've been running this account for about seven years now, which Fucking is nuts. pretty sad, really, when you when you come to think <laughs> about it. Um, a lot of patience in that time, but yeah, I mean, we've we've. It comes from a good place. We like to think. I'm a I'm a massive fan of of Big Gav. Um, who isn't, frankly? Who, I do I think mean, you do you do manage to walk from somebody who's followed it for quite some time. You do manage to walk that line between gentle prodding and quite clearly liking the guy. I think. Yeah, you're not just I out mean, and out taking the piss out of it. It's, it's quite a thing. it's quite a good you know you've pitched it very well. I think. Yeah, we. I mean, we never, you know, we never mentioned family. We never mentioned anything like that. We, you know, we we get some slightly odd, odd DMs at times from people wanting to engage with what they think is the real Gavin, and we always <laughs> we always point them in the right direction. Have you tried um, to take that as far as you could take it though? See if you could get loads of free stuff. Obviously not. We've had a few betting companies actually approach us to try and sort of shill their stuff as like an. Yeah, they'd probably love that, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, Gav's Gav's not for sale. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so no, how we, does it work with the two of you doing it then? Is it is it is it? Do you just think of I've just thought of something funny, so I'm going to put it up, and the other guy does the same, or do you have a, like a an editorial meeting? Or no, it's just free free form. Um, occasionally, we tweet the same thing or similar things at the same time. Um, <laughs> we have to take them down quite quickly, but no, it's pretty pretty relaxed, really. Um, but yeah, it comes from a comes from a big place. Uh, I mean, I I I'd like to say that me and me and Gav both started at St Helens. Both came through at the at the Whites back in the late nineties. But it was him <laughs> as a player. It was me as a uh, as a lottery ticket salesman for the White winner. Um, so I used to sell that when I was about fourteen, and he was well a few years older and started playing. Was that the so, silver hair days? Yeah, the silver hair days. Oh, so just just before just before regional rugby came in, when the whites were well were very good. Um, so I used to make probably eight or nine quid some days selling lottery wow, tickets. Definitely. So and I bet yeah, like like we all do with those jobs job back then, we had more disposable income then than we do now. Well, exactly. It was it was. The tickets were a quid, and it was it was ten p I got per ticket. So you know when Clashley rolled into town, it was it was big money. And it um, taught you the value of a fair day's work for a fair day's <laughs> pay. I bet. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so I started started there, and he was playing, and um and then fast forward to, well, whatever that would be, ten, fifteen years later, um, Twitter started getting quite big. Uh, big Gav was doing The Bachelor. At that time, that was a. Oh, that takes me back. Particularly, I remember doing a post on the blog way back when he was trying times. to get back in the Wales squad, and I said, and I just basically titled the post: "Gavin Henson's very serious about getting back in the Wales squad." There was a picture of him in his strictly Pasadoble gear. He had no <laughs> yeah. top on and a, and a waistcoat, a glittery waistcoat. Well, it was a funny old yeah. period that, wasn't it? <laughs> You mean when when Gav when Saracens assigned Gav exclusively so they could get a bit of publicity on Strictly Come Dancing for a couple of weeks? You know? Yeah, that 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 was it. I mean, it was it was not a period I I really enjoyed, but as a as a bit of a bit of a Gav expert, I mean, I quite liked the uh, the seventy one degrees north. I don't know if you yeah if you remember that. He no, did I don't that. remember that one. What was that? Did he have to go to the North Pole or something? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, sort of top end of Norway. Doing stuff with huskies, um, and he did uh, he did human guinea pig. This is one for the Gav, the Gav extremists. <laughs> what channel yeah. was this on? 
Uh, I think it was on Bravo. Um, of course it was. <laughs> and it involved him getting uh, sort of electric shocks and stuff like that. I mean, fair uh, play to him. Was he like desperately, desperately, well, I don't know, just opinions. Was he desperately trying to get some kind of TV career at that point? Because he seems like a very serious rugby player through it all, despite all the nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I do not know him at all. We've had a few interactions. Um, I met him in Reflex in Cardiff. Oh, like, yes. Two. Uh, but um, I don't know him. I don't, don't know him at all. Um, but he seems to be kind of a shy show-off, really. I think he's sort of, he doesn't really like publicity in lots of ways, but then also finds himself doing it in insane ways. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, a, a brilliant player. Uh, and I still think he's probably... Maybe after Hallam Amos, Dragon's the best back. Uh, so yeah. there's still be a place for him, I reckon, when he when he comes back. Um, but yeah, you know, big big fan of him, and it's been quite a laugh doing the doing the um, doing the, the account. I mean, most of the players follow it. Um, we get quite a lot of likes and retweets off off his off well off the man himself. We have done and off his off his teammates. Has, has he reached people. out beyond that? Um, he sent us a few messages. Yeah, All right. he, does it does it have his blessing? Um, blessing is probably <laughs> uh, probably pushing it a little bit far, but he he was on Scrum Five Radio uh, over Christmas last year, and he he spoke very uh, very warmly about it. But I think we come from a right place, and we we you know yeah. we make it very clear that it's not a that it's that it is a parody. Um, I mean, he used to he used to have a talking cat called Howley in it. Um, I remember so- that. I really enjoyed <laughs> that. We've made a lot of silly things. I mean, he gets, you know, he gets Hugh Jackman and Bernard Jackman confused a lot. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Do you know um, what? And the thing we... is, like, there are so many really shit parody accounts. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, I've tried to kick off a couple. I won't say what they are, but I have. And it's really yeah. hard work. Because it's really hard work to be creative and genuinely funny. Mm. And yeah. when you're trying to do, I'm trying to like comment on the rugby and then trying to think of something. I just didn't have the brain space for it. And even if I did, I'm not sure I could have done it very well. <laughs> but um, but that's that, that it's really difficult. So, you know, uh, fair play to you. Yeah, we, we've seen quite a lot come and go. Um, your mate, uh, your mate Haskell, he, he supplied quite a lot of parody accounts and they, they pop up and they, they kind of at us and try and get some, uh, yes, some traction going. Yeah. <laughs> And we, we we don't engage with it. Quite right. Even a parody account is disgraceful. But yeah, yeah. There, there was even a, a Paul Williams one. You know the the rugby. That was really a... weird. That cr- that was quite recent, wasn't it? Yeah. Remember when, remember when there was that weird me parody one that literally lasted for about three tweets? When he did one for you? Yeah, it was like that Welsh Eeyore one. Remember oh that? God, yeah. That was weird. That was one of the strangest moments of my life, <laughs> where I realised that I'd suddenly become an online parody account, and That's... that was just really too weird for my incredibly tiny level of internet fame. <laughs> that's that's quite an honour, though, really, isn't it? I mean, well, it is well, I've really, never fucking yeah. had one. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we talked about the Twitter account a lot, Luke. Yep. But obviously, you're here to talk about. So, what came first? Then the Twitter account came first, and then you've obviously done this book, haven't you? Absolutely huge. I went yeah. to Welsh then. Huge. Huge. Yeah, that's that's it. So uh, yeah, the book um, the book came out in September, so sort of two months ago, um, and it's uh, a a sort of spoof autobiography, really, of a of a made up player. So Gethin Gethin Hughes, um, who who lives in a slightly alternative Wales. Um, so there's no 
there's none of the regions there, but there's uh, there's the borderers, the capitals, the sailors, and uh, Agorai, um, and there's a fifth region called Trickia. Um, so I don't know who those regions are based on. Well, no, yeah, impossible no, to work it out. No yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, and, and there's a fifth one called Trickia from North Wales. They have, a, have a, a sort of Welsh billionaire backing them, and they're this full of all blacks and Fijians and, and that kind of thing. And yeah, it's just, you know, I love, I love sports rugby autobiographies i mean i've read loads and i just wanted to kind of copy a little bit of that and take a bit of satire into it and um have a bit of a laugh really and yeah so gethin's our a sort of a a troubled genius shall we say who, who who kind of came onto the scene very quickly and did some heroics and went to the world cup and went to the lions but then had a bit of bad luck and, and ended up doing quite a lot of reality tv um <laughs> i don't know you could be basing that on in any no strange no me, me neither. Was um, it easy to write the book, Luke? Did, did, was there a lot of material already in the Twitter account, for example, you could utilise, or did you have to? Was it? Yeah. That, does that sound too easy? There were, yeah, there were quite a few bits. I mean, there were a few, you know, a few lines and a few, a few quotes from from there that 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 you know come into the book. But I mean, the book's sort of a bit of a different animal, really. I just kind of let my imagination go a bit. I mean, there's a lion's tour. On there, and it's a it's a sort of disastrous lines tour. Sorry to spoil it for people, um, but you know there's sort of plenty of disastrous lines moments in the last couple of years that you can sort of draw upon and just make them a little bit more exaggerated. Um, yeah, I mean on this one, the Gethin, well, he dishonors the memory of Nelson Mandela on this tour, um, somewhat inadvertently, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's 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 taken a bit upon that, but it's it's taken all to a very kind of silly sort of next next level, really. And it's kind of one of a kind as a book. I, I can't think of another book that's been written that's no. like this. Do you know what I mean? Like parody rugby books are not that common. No, no not There's not the old really. sort of Gren cartoons and stuff, isn't it, that were kind of focused on rugby, but that was a very completely different kettle of fish, wasn't it? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to do a bit because I think the rugby, you know, without getting a bit deep here, sort of Welsh rugby iconography is still stuck a bit in the seventies. I think there's you know Max Boyce and Gren and, and you know yeah. sort of Grand Slam and that that kind of thing. And I wanted something that reflected a bit more of of what it's like now. So obviously, social media is a big part of of the book and big part of of any player's career now, but also the media coverage. Um, I mean, there's a there's a media organisation in the book called uh, Wales World. Again, I don't know who that's based on. Um, but they're a bit obsessed by by Gethin, and they like to write lists about him, and they, they kind of big him up and they knock him down. Uh, so I want to kind of reflect that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I try to make it a bit, you know, a little bit different to what's out there. If for your for your Irish uh, listeners, I know you've got quite a lot. Um, I'm quite a big fan of the the Ross O'Carroll Kelly books um, that. People in Britain won't be familiar with, but no, Irish readers no. will, will know him. He's a sort of spoof rugby boy from from Dublin, and it's kind of following his life from school onwards. But they're they're pretty funny, and they're they're quite satirical and a slightly a slightly kind of exaggerated Irish world. Um, so yeah, it's, I've tried to make something a bit different, um, and tried to make something that's an easy an easy read as well, which uh, well, seems so, to be so it's available in all good bookshops, I'm guessing. It is so. If you're if you're lucky enough to live in Wales, um, it'll be in a real bookshop. So Waterstones, um, W. H. Smith, uh, various other good independents. If you don't live in Wales, um, you can go online. So Amazon, uh, Elolva, um, various online places. Um, so yeah, out out now. Uh, I think it's on Kindle. Uh, I was going to say as is well. it on Kindle? Yes. 
Kindle and things like that. Of course, the uh, real coup would be to get Geth to read the audio book, wouldn't it? You can only that, dream. That would be that would be good. I mean, we've got a we've got a quote from uh, from Mike Phillips. I mean, Mike Phillips had a, had a look at it. Um, he, he enjoyed it, uh, so he, he gave us a quote about if if he'd played with Geth and even he might have learned a few things, which I think is, is, is <laughs> high, high praise, praise indeed. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we you know we'd uh, we'd love to get Gareth to do the audio book. So he knows where he knows my Twitter account. So if he is interested in, in doing that, um, he's he's more than welcome. So um, I also noticed in one of your, on your timeline in Twitter this week, you were in you were doing a book signing with Matthew Rees. Did you help with his biography, or is it? No. Not, not at all. Um, we both had books out through. Uh, oh, through I see. Right. Um, so it was a, it was a joint thing. Um, so yeah, we've done a, we've done a couple of those. That's been, oh. that's been really good. Um, I mean, more people there to see Matthew Reese than me, funnily enough. Being <laughs> Surely not. Whales and lions legend. Uh, but uh, he's a lovely guy. The books, the books, really good as well. So I sort of recommend, uh, recommend that um, for your, for your Christmas list. Okay, so. It's out there now, absolutely huge. If you don't follow not Super Gavin Henson already, then you should do, because it is one of the genuinely, truly good parody, parody accounts. It is genuinely very funny. <laughs> um, the, fact, the fact that I'm still following it seven or eight years later, when that doesn't... When everything... Happen, misery was... always sets in with you eventually, doesn't it, Josh? The fact yeah. that you're still well, there. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bleakness well, of reality usually <laughs> intervenes there some way. But, you know, I'm still there. I'm still enjoying it. Well, thank you. We uh, Yeah, we, we try our best and, you know... We also go about a week at a time without tweeting sometimes, which is probably a good thing. Most definitely. We're we're a bit we're a bit scared of what happens when when Big Gav retires as well. Um, oh, I think there'd be what? a whole massive alternative universe you could create around that about what a retired Gavin Ensign does. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd be I'd be very interested to see what, what the next chapter holds for uh, for the G Man. But uh, hopefully there's many more many more seasons to come. World Cup next year and all that. You know. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Luke. All right. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, yeah. Josh. Take care. Right then, let's do the shit good ratings, shall we? We probably shall, shan't we? We shall, shan't we? We shallant do it, shan we? Uh, that sounds like a Welsh name. Shan we? Shan we? Shan we? Yeah. Um, now then, should we do shit or good first? Um. I've sort of used up quite a lot of my shits just getting angry in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's do that first. Let's do shit first. Here's what I've got shit. Speaking of, I've already talked about some uh, presenter bants. Presenter mm. hedge fund bants. Red hot presenter hedge shit fund Shit additional bants. Ross Harris and Tom Shanklin, oh who did a full five minutes about hair and baldness. Oh God, and they just so wouldn't. Boring. They wouldn't stop. Because it was about the monster, um, what's his name? It's African back row. Oh, right? him. Yes. With the, with the yeah. top knot. And oh, yes. the banter was off the charts. And I was sat watching the telly, and my son was next to me. And every time they made a joke, I just kept shouting banter. And my son was like, What are you doing that for? I said, Just listen. Yeah, and it was just, it was dreadful. It's Lots of people. On- Go on. It honestly just, I can't, like, particularly baldness banter. Because it's so, so, so uninspiringly unoriginal. That's the thing. If you even came up with a different angle on it or a new name for it or anything, it'd be all right. But it was just, Mm. yeah. And it was that kind of, that typical... They're such a small set, the Welsh pundits, aren't they? It's this constant kind of in-joke with them that winds me up. I can't can't really be doing... like. 
there's obviously an, a sort of a clique. But we're not in that clique, boys. And, you know, BT are the same as well with their ex, you know, 2003 winning crop yes. of pundits. And they're all equally as awful. But there's something about the matiness of the Welsh ones that just leaves me a bit annoyed. Yes. What else have we got that's shit? I've got lots of... Well, I haven't got it, but lots and lots of people. So so many I couldn't actually name. Not loving the ref in the Ulster-Cardiff game. Uh, yeah, John Mulverhill was not a fan of him either. No, he uh, was not, was he? No. It was a you... terrible decision, that one at the end, though, with uh, Oh, Best. terrible. Absolutely he was literally sort of, he was like doing a headstand while he was getting that ball out, and still it and still it was all right. Well, he was doing, he was doing a head side a headstand coming in from the side of the rock. It was amazing. Yeah. And yet, some I mean, this is what happens when you're captain of Ireland, I suppose. You you get stem breaks. Yeah, it was, but, uh, I think it was just a shit decision, and it happened. It was wasn't really it? It bad. Was... Yeah, and and it's, it's funny that you know Mulverhill's been here what three or four months now, and he's already just fucking had his. Absolute fill of Pro 14 refereeing. And yeah, so have we. I thought I just had a bad one the first couple of weeks, but I'm realising now there's a problem. Yeah. What have you Uh, got this shit? Or have you used uh, them all up? Ranting already. Jamie Farndale of Scotland Sevens now in. Oh, oh, bless him. How is this happening? Like, how many times. I mean, that was. Yeah. How many times a player's going to fuck up a game-winning try by trying to get cute instead of just putting the fucking ball down? Well, what was and because he, he had it in... loads of time. It wasn't yeah. even like you could see also, what he was obviously trying to do. That's what I don't also, understand. They were two points behind. So any try, yeah. <laughs> any try, no conversion, don't fucking worry about it. You've won. It's not like he was trying to get, he was trying to get under the posts. But there was no that obvious was route to get under the post either. No, That's the other thing. No. He was quite clearly being marked. It was just so weird. Did you see his tweet afterwards, though? Bless him. He obviously no, was obviously so fucking distraught by it. Oh, and rightly so. But it's like, I get it. You're upset. Now, all rugby players, stop it. <laughs> you just, just put the fucking it. thing down. We know how this ends. It Especially ends when you with... don't need a conversion anyway. Yeah, Everything it about it was on just Twitter. Was wrong. Everything was wrong. It was just appalling. I mean, it, it, and it is like a fucking talk viral. About 87 accounts posted the video within about three yeah. seconds of each other. No, and it's like, oh, God, you're having a shit day now, aren't you? Like, yeah. This, this, uh, yeah, that's what that kid's going to be famous for forever until he scores a fucking hat trick. Um, Any more shit? I mean, you could pick anyone, but speaking of fucking up tries... Uh, that you really should score. I'm going to pick Freddie Burns because, Jesus, if there was a game to show the hard, unfucking negotiable limits of Freddie Burns' abilities, it was a tight tactical battle in pissing wind and rain against a team that's also desperate not to lose. His kicking game was so bad. Weirdly, he had about two decent kicks mm. at one point. You're like, oh. Maybe, yeah. But it was all, it was like a ghost in the machine, I think. Massively so, because... I think he went in kind of like a fugue state and woke up and went, ooh, where that, <laughs> how's that ball down there? Because maybe that's what he should focus on. Zen, Zen kicking. Maybe he should. Zen and the art of tactical kicking. You know, honestly, you'd, stuck, you'd stick any sort of fly half with a tactical brain on there and Bath probably win that game quite handily because they Well, they didn't score kick. while he was on the field, did they? Although no, it can't they, solely be his fault, but even so. No, but he, was, he just was not putting them in the right fucking 
areas. Tell you what, though, um, Big Joe is is becoming the fucking master of fed him, isn't he? He absolutely just give me the, the fucking ball. In, in, in those scenarios, you need somebody like Big Joe yeah. to just go, yeah, you know what? This let me solve this for you <laughs> because you clearly can't. Yes. Uh, what else we got? Uh, that shit from Twitter. John Langley got in touch. He said shit was one of the adverts at Twickenham for the Barbarians game. It said wealth is a loaded word. Let's redefine it. He said, I've no idea what it was for, but it's almost certainly for some horrific hedge fund. It's probably for CVC. Probably. Um, the, the kill it Automatic couples. weapons is a loaded word. Let's redefine it. <laughs> no, I don't equate having money as the same as being a murderer before anybody tweets me. I've already been accused of having a low IQ this week on Twitter, so, you know, I don't want to invite any more, any more abuse. Indeed. Why would we ever do that? Yeah, indeed. Um, so yeah, I mean the Killick Cup, the, the I mean the famous Killick Cup that the Barbarians and Argentina were playing. I believe Killick is some sort of private. Is this is this Killick then? Is this who the advert? Yes, for? I don't know, but, pro- but probably. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. The stench of fucking the city absolutely hangs over Twickenham yeah, like it's riddled with it, fetid clouds. <laughs> yes, so like a miasma. You take take your pick from Quilter. QB, fucking Killick. I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know Invesco it's perpetual. you know it's that kind of thing when it's people you've never heard of. Yes. When I've never you, seen you... any of these things on the high street in the town that I live in. <laughs> yes. It's like when a, when something when a sports team gets sponsored by a thing you've never ever fucking heard of. And the only things they almost... are sponsored by is BMW. Yes. I was in the market for a car a couple of years ago and I was thinking of getting like a kind of sort of like an SUV thing. Mm. And I, I, was, I was talking with the idea of a Vauxhall XC60 till I realised I couldn't fucking afford one. But I went in, but and I was doing the tour of the garage and I went into the BMW garage and I think, mm. and within five minutes I was like, I fucking hate all of you. I want to get in one of these cars and run you all over. <laughs> it's that thing with cars, isn't it? I've probably said this before, that when you walk in and they go, do you want... And you go, look, just because I've got like testicles doesn't mean I understand anything about cars. You're supposed to help me, wanker. Do you know what I mean? And I went in and I said, I'm looking to me about this. I've got this much money to put in. And he went, well, are you talking PCP or PCH or Bing Bang Boo or Flippy Dippy Ding Dong? And I was like, I've got no idea what the fuck you're talking about, you stinking of brute middle-aged fucker. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and in the end, it was like, and in the end, I said, you know, I'm just going to fucking, I just said, I'm going to go, mate. Actually, I said, I've got another appointment. But honestly, I was so wound up. Anyway, how did we get onto that? Oh yeah, BMW. Uh, oh yeah, BMW and just the inherent shitness of dealing with cars of, of English rugby being so heavily in bed with private investment, the city, and all of those other things that are destroying the world. I probably said but... this before. I went to a game. I went to watch Was when they were still playing at Upton Park. Mm. Not Upton Park. Adams Park. No, no, not Adams Park. No, Loftus Park, Road. The other one. Loftus, Loftus Road. QPR's ground. And I went down there, and there were about thirteen people in and a dog. Classic. And all the sponsors were like, it was back, it must have been the 90s, because the sponsors were like, or early 2000s, Ericsson Mobile Phones, mm. United Airlines. And I was mm. like, fucking hell, it was about 12. Just showed the profile difference. And I'd go to like watch Lee versus St. Helens, and there'd be like 7,000 people there. And it was sponsored by Lee Concrete and Lifting Gear Hire, you know, and, <laughs> and, and Welsh Mill Carpets, which is next to the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind yeah. Of, and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. Well, it's like when like Rainham Steel used to be every football ground and is sure as shit isn't anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
Dagon and motors and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, Classic. Still, yeah. You don't see that at football anymore. You just don't see it in fucking rugby union anymore either. Have what you, gonna... you do in you do in Wales and you do in some places in Ireland and in Scotland. Hmm. You do not see it with a lot of Premiership clubs. No, anymore. and it says a lot. Maybe that's why CVC are interested. You know, there's still a profile yeah. there. There's still a type of fan there that brings yeah. investment in. You know. Yeah. The only teams that have sort of local sponsors are effectively Exeter, who have Southwest Telecoms. Bristol have whatever the fuck's on Bristol's shirt, or some sort of Bristol-based company. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And then you've yeah. got. <laughs> You've got the um, the Scarlet shirt that looks like... You remember that Simpsons episode where Homer makes that gun that fires makeup on? <laughs> it looks like they've had a sponsor's gun. It's gone and just fires them all at the screen. Anyway, yes. that shit. So what else have we yes. got this shit? Keza Peza. Go on then, you do yours. What else? Tell you what else is shit. And I'm disappointed that you didn't even console me before we came on air. Oh, what? But um, David Pocock is finally properly off the market. Oh, is he? Uh, oh, has he got married he got, finally? He finally, they, t- they they tied the knot in the most... So has Australia finally done equal marriage? Because that's what he was waiting for, yes, wasn't it? He wouldn't yeah. get married and until... So, literally, and I don't know, I kind of love this and kind of just ne- makes me hate him forever. Um, him and his missus went dressed in... He was basically wearing a sort of loose-fitting shirt and some tan shoes and walking boots um him and his missus went to a tree in the middle of the outback with a person on their own got married and then went off with a cooler full of I bet that, food and beer and i bet that took more kind of like thought and planning and self-satisfiedness than any fucking massive doing in a in a country house hotel yeah the did. the I, you know, I dearly love David Pocock in an unreasonable way. But there's but a studied deliberateness, isn't there? The stench of self-satisfiedness of that was just like, oh, David, come yes. on, mate. Just fucking, just go to a registry office. Don't my, get married. My, my wedding car get... is powered by my own sense of self-satisfaction, <laughs> yeah. You literally had to bring a celebrant out into the middle of the outback to stand in front of an old tree and marry you on your own. Did he have some kind of Aboriginal person? To kind of bless no, it under just, the tree just and all like, as well. He just looked like a normal bloke. Right. No, I was just wondering but, if they also uh, had that as well, just to really yeah, yeah. get the whole package, you know. But it was the photo. It was the photo. The thing that absolutely boiled my piss, to be honest with you, was the photo of them um, sort of walking off into the bush, sort of each carrying half of a fucking koozie, like <laughs> full of beer. It's we like, can offer oh. you the smug wokest package for four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking ones to talk, aren't we? Christ no, we Almighty! Are. Come on. Uh, right then, what else have we got from Twitter? Keza Pezza got in touch on Twitter and he said, shit is Mark Robinson in commentary in Blues versus Ulster. He referred to the matchstick-headed Seb Davis and made repeated references about a non-existent relationship between Rory Best and Prince Charles. Honestly, can Sky get some sort of incidental pointless rugby again? So that I never have to fucking listen to Mark <laughs> exactly. Robinson. Can you go back to Thursday nights permanently, please? Yeah, he is so shit. Like <laughs> Patrick also head. said that shit is Mark Robinson, a man whose internal monologue has clearly fucked off, as it's as <laughs> sick and tired of him as the rest of us are. <laughs> well, yeah. Honestly, I hate Stuart Bonds. We know this, but Stuart Bonds isn't talking all the time. That's yes. the problem with Robinson: is that he. Obviously, as the main commentator, he's got to talk basically all the time. 
He doesn't have to say he, all that all the time, though, does he? All he that stuff have, no, he says. Thing, he's basically forgotten that all he needs to do is describe what's going on. And maybe not even that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes just be quiet. People always made um, a big point, didn't they, about Richie Benno is one of the greatest commentators of all time. And everybody always says, you know, he had a wonderful... What made him so amazing was how he could use silence. That was what's so amazing about him, which is right. And yes. then no fucker ever uses silence ever again. <laughs> it's almost like it's so... He's such a genius. I'm not going to bother trying to do that. I'm just going to fucking bang on and on and on and on and on. And using on. really tortured similes and fucking them again. I'm one to talk. It's, but it's, it's the it's stream of them. His metaphors and similes are some of the worst abuses of the English language <laughs> that I have ever heard. It's a disgrace. What else have we got on Twitter quickly? David Williams said, Need shit was Aaron... I love this. This is Zoology Dave. He said, shit is Aaron Cruden's crossfield kick against Claremont. He ignored I a, saw this. He ignored a three-man overlap in the 22, kicked straight to the Claremont winger Penno, who ran the length of the field to score, and to add insult to injury, Cruden then did his hamstring while he was chasing him back down the field. <laughs> That's a fucking proper cacophony of fucking idiocy, isn't it? I love that, though. I genuinely... I don't think he cares, though, Craig. Oh, fuck it, whatever. I'm going to go back to my massive house now. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't be getting upset about it. But And he's survived testicular cancer. What's he got to fucking worry about? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm proud of him, I say. Any more shits? Uh, yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> what else have we got? Did shit then? No, that's done. Let's talk about good. <laughs> have you got any Bless goods? Talk. Les, I have got some goods. You'll be pleased to know. Boom, um, shoot. My first good, uh, Brandon Thompson. You honestly, never heard of him before the game. He was very good. Scored like 23 points for Glasgow. Glasgow Quite generally, awesome. with a kind of second-string team, were fucking super powerful and super dynamic and super inventive yeah, they and 14 are... men and everything. Fair play to them. Yeah, they are hot. They're fucking hot shit. You know, we really talked are. a couple of years ago about building themselves into a European force. If that's yeah. anything to go by... They're not doing too bad. Yeah, and they've got the depth. Um, equally, uh, George Turner, the fucking hooker, was bloody excellent. Uh, and the continue, of course, the continued proliferation of good young Scottish hookers is a great thing, both for the national side, um, for the clubs, and of course, and most importantly of all, uh, it's a great thing for me. <laughs> Because it ensures that Ross Ford stays where he belongs, which is not playing test rugby and barely playing rugby full stop. Oh, just short of his 187th cap. He'll be so upset. <laughs> um, what else have we got that's good? Ben Morris got in touch on Twitter. He said, good is, every, speaking of hookers, everything Harry Thacker does. I tell you what, Harry Thacker's jersey. He has scored five tries in two games, which is disgusting for a hooker. Yeah. Let's face it. Flicking the visa uh, at Leicester as he's doing it. Fuck off. <laughs> the worst part is uh, he's got more rugby intelligence, handling skills, and general rugby awareness than most Test 13s. And his throwing and scrummaging was really good, just to rub it in. <laughs> yes. It's like, talented right, lad. Crack on. And yeah, I, I genuinely, he's probably the, the best thing about Bristol, which is saying something. Because, yeah, they're really, really fun to watch. Friend of the pod, Adam Reese, gets in touch. He says, Good was South African Pro 14 referee Quen Gile Jadeswenyi, who was he's accurate, fair, and surprisingly handsome. He's very handsome. He as said, well. But shit was South African Pro 14 referee Stuart Berry, who was none <laughs> of those things. <laughs> 
Yeah. Sultan I of mean... Sentiment gets in touch. He says, good is Leinster's academy scoring 111 points in two games against grown men. And he said, his I shit mean... is the Ospreys and the Dragons for letting them. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, John Jordan got in touch and said something similar. Leicester's points difference of two hundred nine. Leinster's points difference of two hundred and nineteen after ten games, one of which they lost, and they've played mostly with their B team. Should we have some kind of handicap in place? He says. Yeah. Um, <sighs> good for me. Good for me. And I put this on Twitter just before we came on, but uh, I'm going to show this to you now in case you haven't seen it. Is the video that the Ospreys put out uh, on social media just now of uh, Justin Tipperick doing his very best Terry Waite impression um, which I th- it's for Justin's tips for Christmas is what it's called. Is he selling stash from the club shop? I, I don't know but it's Justin Tipperick in an Ospreys Christmas jumper with he still hasn't shaved up that, that November tash which alarms me he, he and did. He just looks like he's being held against his yeah. will. He looks like one of those ones that Vietnam pilots had to do. Absolutely. After I, they crash landed. Yeah. I, I I reject the imperialist West. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, yes, terrible. Come and pay, pay whatever it takes pay to get him released because Wales need him and the Ospreys need him and he seems like a nice man. David McIntosh gets in touch. He says, good was Glasgow as a whole. Yes, we agree. Yes. Nick Grigg in particular. Yes, Like some kind of supercharged chicken god. (laughs) If you decapitated (laughs) Nick Grigg, his disembodied head would thank you for the lower centre of gravity whilst his body maintained a leg drive for another 20 yards. Like the film, The Thing. That's yeah. what makes that's what that makes me think of, if you know what I'm talking I, about. I, I think I like the amount of thought that has gone into it. I do it. like that, David. That's the kind of submission that we like. Kyle Walsh also said, "Shit was Glasgow Glasgow going down to 14 men, but Good was winning anyway." You've already mentioned Josh Brandon Thompson was fantastic. Game management, something that Glasgow have lacked, was superb. Brilliant shifts from Kebble, Swinson, and Fazaro. Best performance since Leicester away in January 9th, 17. I'll be honest. Do I remember Leicester away in January 17? I think I do. European game? I sure as shit don't. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Obviously, it was good, and they beat Leicester away in January 17. There you go. What else do you need to know? good stuff. Yeah. Any more good? Um, Good. Uh, Luke Morgan. Like, fucking hell, he's good. Hmm. Like, genuinely, in an Ospreys team that is pretty fucking ordinary. Like... And given how often professional rugby players, particularly ones wearing Ospreys jerseys, make it look scoring tries so hard, so very hard, he doesn't often make it look fucking easy. Like, he got a hat-trick against Zebra, could have had four, if not for the TMO spotting his arm being in touch a millisecond before he grounded the ball. Um, it's just weird, because when he broke through at the Ospreys like five years ago, he never really got a shot. Went to, like, I think he went to, like, Doncaster or something. Mm. And then went to the sevens, and I was like, well, that's that. He never really panned out. And then he's come back. He has been, hasn't he? He's been incredible. He's got straight into the Wales team. You know, he's mm. he's been phenomenal. He's so quick. His um, second or third try, I can't remember where it was, where Sam Davis just basically hit and hoped, booted a fucking crossfield kick into space inside his own 22. And he just went, he looked like fucking, he was playing Tecmo Bowl or something <laughs> on and it was just, he's so much fun to watch. And I just, yeah, I love him. And he's tiny. What more do you want? Tiny, quick men in rugby. 
Last couple, uh, going back to what you said about the ring fencing before Ross Mather got in touch, he said ring fencing is good, ring fencing needs to happen, goes to 13, weekends off, gives you player welfare, can always expand later. Yeah, fair fair one. Well, I think if there is somebody knocking on the door in the Championship every year, be it a Leeds, be it a Doncaster, be it a Cornish Pirates or whatever, then, yeah, let them in, but... Final good. Lawrence Hooper gets in touch. He says, good is Ugo's confusion at what to do when Quinns really are. Whoop, whoop, Harlequins. <laughs> and he's forgotten how it feels. Also, big lol stern efforts to decide which team this week are worthier and more established so we can treat them like wasps. Well, that was a shame. Uh, it was Bath this week. It was always I mean, a shame for Bath this week, but obviously not for anybody. Scan. That does scan, yeah. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, everybody, for submitting all the things you do, all of your support, all of your listening, all of your telling. Lots of people have been telling. I've seen a few people this week telling people to listen to us where people have been asking for rugby podcast oh, suggestions, God. and thanks very much for that. I did, I did. The pressure. Somebody had obviously done that a couple of weeks ago and then came back and, 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 and had a go and said, I don't mind swearing, there's a point to it, but you're just using it as punctuation, so it might put me off. I was like, okay, we just don't really yeah. have a broad. We don't really have a broadcasting mode. Therefore, no. this is just well, what we is, do. We don't want to put people off, obviously, but no. I don't care enough to stop just doing what we do. So yeah, that's the end of that. And that's it. So see you again next week when the return of Michael Lord of Bubbins will be with us. Excellent. Speak to you all soon. Cheers, Josh. Goodbye. Au revoir. Oh no! Is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network.